You're listening to Rody and Linelli. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. With Richard Rodewalt. Richard, what were you doing? And Greg Linelli. Calm down, Greg, it's soccer. Brought to you by Fandings. He touches me. These are your competitors, Richard Rodewalt and Greg Linelli. You guys in MySpace or? Hello, Las Vegas. Wake up! Because we have a treat for you today. We are together again. And heart pack is together. Since before I went to Vegas. Man been long tripod and i looked for hookers and cocaine in the desert oh tripod did i know you didn't roadie i was gonna say tripod was tripod succeeded in his quest for hookers and cocaine in the 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 thing is is when we were with tripod we never got lost because he left a trail in the sand to get us all the way back home tripod what's the the matter with you he's dragging something i think his ankle was hurt or something did you find johnny manzel then he was there he was. He was there while we were there. Yeah. Did you see him? No, we didn't see him. But oh. I told you. Well, see, again, we've talked on the phone, but we've not talked amongst the people. Yeah. The British people that we hung out with. That was legendary. They were staying at the same hotel as Johnny Manziel the night that he got thrown out at the Aria. Wow. Yeah, it was It was the night. It was the our last night there. Johnny Manziel got thrown out of the club. Was he trying to fight somebody? I think so. I don't know. He is likes the fight guy, by the way. He is. Is he, he still is. missing? No, look, I love how this cat goes off social media and, like, decides to come off as Binger for five hours, and everybody's like, he's missing! Johnny's <laughs> not drunk! What's going on when, in reality, he's, like, dodging his bills because he hasn't paid for his car in three months or something like that? That's what my sources tell me. Talk about a guy that doesn't care. Would you? what people think i mean he honestly i mean it might get to the point where it's like okay i went to rehab i've been busted beating up a a female like at some point don't you think that would resonate like yeah maybe maybe i gotta tinker with what i gotta do right now just a little bit everybody makes excuses for him though like his parents like he's never been held accountable in his life at all he's a free agent right or he was yeah he's he's no longer in the league i mean no nobody's picked him up will that be the wake-up call no, obviously not, because he's been a free agent for two months. It's longer that it goes on, right? And I mean, he's been fired by eight. Like normally, the player fires the agent. This the is the agent. first case ever I've seen where the agents like can't be dealing with you, dog. Jamarcus Russell or Johnny Manziel? I would take Jamarcus Russell. If you had to take one now to build around your team, Jamarcus Russell, <laughs> hands down. But yeah, he was out there while we were in Vegas. Johnny was unbelievable. Some other people were. Celine Dion was out there singing. Well, that's what she does. Right, I mean, she's Mariah. Did you see Mariah Carey? I did not see Mariah Carey. Celine Dion took Mariah Carey's place at Caesar's Palace because Mariah Carey also can't be counted upon to show up and do her shows and pisses everybody off. Very true, Celine Dion. You know she's going to be there. But yeah, we were we were out there. We had fun. Britney Spears is still out there. What? Britney Spears is still out there. Yeah, Britney Spears is still out there. She's holding down the fort till J Lo takes over the planet Hollywood. Two people with no talent. Just God bless them. Big butts. That's okay. Big butts. There's a market for that. There is. Um, yeah, we did. While we were gone, Draymond Green kicked somebody in the nuts. Yeah, I mean, I, I kept, you know, obviously, 
with my travels, I was still able to see what was going on in the sports world. And and boy, Draymond Green just did he just turn into a what a filthy mofo, a dirty player. I mean, is that into, always Raymond Green or what? He turned into one. He didn't. It's not like the Power Rangers where he morphed. I mean, Stephen <laughs> Adams is he? Was he wearing a cup the rest of the series? <laughs> nope. You have no Mavericks. By the way, I heard Charles Barkley. I think it, it, it had to have been. It was. It was halftime of Game Seven. He's breaking. You know, take Charles Barkley for what it is, for what he is. But he was talking about the series in Game Seven that first half, and he goes, "And I got to tell you, Steve Adams." This guy's going to be a great player. <laughs> he is going to be a baller. Look, and Steve Adams showed me something in that series because I mean, it was more than just dunks. I mean, he actually That's finished a little bit, but my God, great player. Look, great player. I'll say this. It's not hard to be a great center in today's game. Because there aren't any. That's what I mean. There's like four. Right. So especially as a young center, you could make the case that he's the best young center in the NBA right now. I guess if you can f- make a layup or finish with your right and left hands, like near the block. And his is broken. Yeah, that's considered elite. His hand was taped for the entire, for the entire playoffs. Did you agree with this too? I mean, Kenny Smith, again, take it for what it's worth with these guys talking about it, Legit. pretty much came out said that Oklahoma City is the more talented team. You know, because we had talked about this series a little bit before, and maybe that was before Steve Adams and Abaka and Canner showed a little bit what they could do in that series. Was that more about what Golden State couldn't do against those guys, or was that... Uh, I mean, look, Andre Iguodala was a star for the 76ers, and he's coming yeah. off your bench largely. Yeah. You know, Andrew Bogut, there's not a lot of difference between Steven Adams and Andrew Bogut to me. I mean, he's a fine defensive rim protector. Oh, it looked terrible. The thing is, is you got a guy like Harrison Barnes, and when you look at this series, you have guys like Deion Waiters and Steven Adams, and at times Roberson playing over their head. But then you have guys underperforming on the Warriors like Harrison Barnes, who should be a max contract guy, mm. and they're probably going to let him walk because – you can't, with that team and all the other money you're going to shell out, you can't shell out a max contract to him knowing that you still have to pay Steph Curry in another year. You know, you had mentioned about uh, DeRozan for the Raptors about being a max contract guy and how he wouldn't. He's not. Yeah, I mean, Harrison Barnes certainly is not. No, no, but he will get it. Which is just Something embarrassing. Pay it to him, yes. Um, you know, Draymond Green underperformed for the entire series. He really did, didn't he? He disappeared for large parts, did stupid, stupid things. Let me let me say this, and I, I know it's what they do. But Steph Curry with some of those shots, my goodness. And I, I look, I think we both have an appreciation for somebody that can stroke it from the outside. Yep. I know, Pardon? stroking. Side and out. Right, yeah, with one hand, maybe two. But, I mean, Rody, there's somewhere he's not even extending his wrist. I mean, he's just flicking that ball up. I mean, I... I've it's never so quick. Got, it's such a quick release. I, I'm that that is such a difficult shot to pull off. And a couple of them with Durant on him. He's and Durant's got length. He does on the court, not off. But the ability to get those shots off, I'm amazed. Let alone go in. But here's the thing. Jeez. The the Oklahoma City Thunder were so atrociously bad from three point. 
I know. Like that was the difference in the, if they were even average from three point. This game, this difference six. When when did Serge Ibaka think he was Reggie Miller? Oh, it's that's been happening for a while. Three. I mean, he didn't he didn't do that the year Dallas won the champ. I know that was like several years ago. I know that was several years ago. But I like I can remember him as an inside guy, and now I'm seeing him like take like six or seven three point yep. shots a game. Rolls. That's the because that's the NBA today. You got to have a quote unquote stretch four. Yeah. So you're- in all honesty, that's probably from his agent. His agent's like, you got to show your range so I can get you paid. Right. No, I I, I get it. I mean, I, I was just shocked that I was able to see him, whatever, shooting threes like he was, you know, a three point shooter. I guess he is. He is. Yes, he is. He thinks he is. Good for him. God bless him. But yeah, no, Steph and Clay, both. What makes them so good is they can create for themselves. Like, Steph only needs the smallest of window to be able to get his shot off. Sure. And that's where I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. The one thing I will say that I think we learned in this series is that Steve Kerr is not a great coach. Mm-hmm. And I will say I like Steve Kerr. And, again, I've been in his corner as far as saying there's you have to give credit where it's due by saying I've got the horses, let them run. Right. But I asked this question on Twitter, and now I want to ask it to you. Yeah. The Rodi Linelli show, it is enhanced by the Fanning Sports Debate app. So I want to get this question up on there. If Steve Kerr would have taken the job with the Knicks, would his fate have been the same as Derek Fisher? Because that was a roster problem. Now, Derek Fisher was a certain kind of inept as well. Mm-hmm. But Steve Kerr, just for the most part, kind of sits back and enjoys having the best seat in the house. Same with Luke Walton. Mm-hmm. And Billy Donovan. There's not there's not really sets drawn up. He, basically, he barks to them, get back on defense, move the ball. But it's not like there's X's and O's and really plays. They kind of run a little weave. And well, that's what they do all game long. And a lot of it, it well, and again, it, it, it all depends on, on your definition of a great coach. I mean, a lot of it is he lets Steph Curry have the ball in his hands and, let, and, and go make a play. He no. empowers him to take shots that are really stupid a lot of the time. And they are, and you know what's funny is he makes some of those. He does. He make which which probably drives coaches crazy because then that that makes Steph want to shoot those a little bit more. The, I tell you what they do do pretty well. At least Steph does. He comes off screens pretty good. Him and Clay both do. They do. They, and I, I guess maybe that's where they run those specific sets for them. And look, when you can shoot the way they can, anywhere on the court, you're open. But maybe maybe in some cases, being a good coach for the Golden State Warriors is just not getting in the way. No, and that's what I mean. I, that's, I don't think we've had to really see Steve Kerr be a great coach because of the talent on that roster. I think he deserves credit for that. But we're talking about a coach of the year. I mean, this guy was voted coach of the year. Luke Walton. Right. Well, I mean, we're going to have a finals now with two coaches who both only was the head coach for half a season. Yeah. And, Steve, again, Steve Kerr, and it's like this with the entire Warriors team. Their honeymoon period has lasted for so long with the media. Strictly with the media. Because they're fun to watch and they broke a ton of records. Right? I mean, when you break when you break the Bulls and Michael Jordan, people are gonna give you that pass. You know, in the regular season, with with the regular season wins. And then the way I think the way they win, look, people love People love the flashiness. They love the Steph Curry twenty-seven foot three-point shots. And well, I see. I see. I think that's what rubs me the wrong way. Where we may be different. The whole pounding on your chest and 
turning around and celebrating with the crowd before you even watch the ball go in the net and things like that. It's to me. I mean, it is a show. It's a sh- it's a show more than it is a game. Every time Steph Curry hits a shot, have you noticed he just he he kicks it up to the the heavens? Yeah. Do you do that when you miss? God is sitting on the roof of Oracle Arena. But but Matt, we had that conversation. It was probably last year, and they were playing the Cavs, and we were we were actually watching the game. Steph Curry goes down for a layup. They're down, uncontested layup, and he he points to the heavens. He acts like he just hit it over Elo like Jordan did. Right, like, um, I, I, is that today's athlete? Uh, is that kind of today's athlete? Where I it's, think it's, it's hyperbole. It's I think best. it's yeah. I think it's real life hyperbole when you see a guy acting like that. Like, I I think there's always this, and, and we'll joke around a lot, but. When you can tell a guy is his own biggest fan, you know what I mean. Like, there's. Let me ask you this: How does somebody get to be their own biggest fan? It's probably know. the media. You know who it is? It's it's the guy that's in management with the face piercing, who wears jerseys to work every day, who thinks he knows everything about everything. God. It's that guy. You know who I'm talking about. I'm, I'm surrounded by some of these people. It's the I guy saying. It's the guy who failed his way up to so many spots in his career that he's just exposed on a daily basis while he wears slippers. <laughs> it's that guy. That could be that guy. Am I wrong? I, I think in a lot of instances you're correct. The guy who co- who connects himself to everybody else's achievements so they can make the world believe they had some small part to do with that person's achievement. There's always guys like that for sure, and they are annoying. They are annoying. Awesome. There they are. And especially I think... You know, the more and more we're in the sports business, it, it, boy, can it be a turnoff with the egos involved? The, the unnecessary. Look, it, it doesn't is. surprise me when an athlete is an asshole. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you've been enabled since you were 12 and told you're the greatest thing since sliced bread. Oh, and especially in today's world where you have social media where you right. can somebody at 15 and follow them until they're playing professionally. Right. Like, it, it doesn't surprise me when you find out, oh, this athlete is a little bit. I think that's why I love what I love about hockey players. I've not met one arrogant hockey player. Mm. Hockey players are the most gracious with their time. They're the most thankful for you for helping further them in any way. Sure. Mainly just because they're happy you got their name right. But hockey players are the most gracious with their time. We actually should do a show on that at some point and talk about the different as to why. Because I have a couple of theories as to why hockey players are like that. Let's hear one. Well, I, I think, first off, it's an expensive sport. And I think there have been a lot of sacrifices to get those players to where they are right now, especially from their family. Now, a lot of them are from Canada. Now, Canada, I think you know, you're dealing with long winters, cold winters. <laughs> you're very appreciative, I think, of your background. But I also think, too, you know, a lot of those kids go away at an early age to play juniors and they're living with a host family and they're not making a lot of money and it's really hard you learn manners i think you do i mean i, I think that's part of it you're skating with skates with no toe pick that's true it's very true remember that movie the cutting edge the cutting edge who would now who was in that i don't know i can't name one person in that movie Is it better than mighty ducks uh no it was about a hockey player who this figure skater, she recruited him to be her partner so they could compete in the Olympics as doubles. And, they, you know, they end up falling in love in that whole thing. Well, that sounds a little familiar. 
but yeah, it was a, a guy who was a hockey player, like took a puck to the eye and had to retire. And yeah. she was trying to win her first gold medal. Oh. And uh, of course she goes with a guy that can't see before she was ready to retire at the ripe old age of 26. Right. Isn't that funny about Olympians? It is. And like, in, in a previous, in a previous, um, in a previous job I was working at, um, I was a producer and I'm sitting there talking with one of the other producers. Yeah. And one of the guys who was into fill in host for the show that day, his wife, and I forget her name off the top of my head now, but his wife, um, was in there with him just hanging out cause it was just an hour long show. And, um, she's a, she's a gymnast. She was on Team USA at the last Olympics and stuff like that. Was she like 4'9", 4'10"? Yeah, she was very, very tiny. Um, but she was in there, and <laughs> it's like your career is over, and you're like 23 years old. Right. Like, it's just funny to me. <laughs> you're <laughs> old. You've so much. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I don't know. It. it like the whole Olympic thing is weird to me, and now you see everybody's pulling out now because of the Zika virus. Did I see uh, Pau Gasol was contemplating whether to go over and play because of the virus? I, I read a um, an article that he was he's like, look, I, I just I'm not sure if this is something I want to do, and I, I I can't blame somebody. The no. one to pull out. Yeah, he's considering skipping the Olympics for sure. That just came out uh, about a day ago. Yeah. Alicia Sacramone, that's her name. Alicia, she married Brady Quinn. There's, there's, there's actually a cutting edge part too. They got some good looking kids, those two. I was gonna say, you know, how, you know, what's funny is like you always hear the, well, uh, you certainly, um, you know, married up, you know, in a, when people talk about the male and, and the female. In this case, you could make the argument that she, oh, married up. <laughs> Look, Brady Quinn is a good looking man. Good looking guy can't throw a football, but he can. He can do what he does. I remember his – do you remember his first, like, endorsement in the NFL? It wasn't for, like, throwing a football. It was running on a treadmill <laughs> with, like, a um, a protein, like, shake, <laughs> like, to work yeah. out. To, like, work out. That's, that's what he did. I mean, it was a big bench presser. He had big arms. You know what I mean? But it wasn't, throwing, it wasn't for throwing footballs. Brady Quinn. It was for working out. Played against him in high school. Take it back to the Uncle Rico days. Who had the best, uh, who did better at the quarterback position? Quinn, clearly. By far. I'm here with you, he's I married to Alicia Sackler. Just, just because he's a, he's an NFL, or was an NFL quarterback doesn't mean you could have had that one day where it was just lights out. And he got in, he got into the league before the rookie salary cap, so he probably got a good $40 million before it was all said and done. Do you remember how he, how he performed that day? Now your team didn't win a game in high school, so obviously they yeah well, we oh. did them every year. Well, like what was what were his numbers? Do you remember? Well, I don't remember how he performed. <laughs> well, how did you perform? Here's what here's how you actually, we played them every year except for my senior year. Here's what I remember about about them when I was in high school. In preseason, they I don't think it was him, but they interviewed somebody on his team, and he's whoever it was on his team was like in week ten we have a bye because we play Groveport. Wow. <laughs> Is that bulletin board material for your team? Uh, yeah, our coaches were pissed. <laughs> our coaches were not too happy. But at the same time, this was my this was my sophomore year. And, Did you win uh, any games your sophomore year? Yeah, we won two. 
one too. And but like the writing was on the wall. Like we got this article like three weeks into the season. And the writing was kind of on the wall because at this point, like our JV team, we were beating our varsity team in the wow. scrimmage practices. That's when you know you're bad. Well, that's when you know politics play a part in high school sports. Very true. It happens. So, hey, it is what it is. But um, Brady Quinn. I don't know where we went with this story, but they're going to have a good-looking baby. Life. I think we were, talking, we were talking about his wife, the gymnast. Oh, gymnast, Olympics, yeah. So, get you, would you still participate in the Olympics? You're a first-time Olympian. So, you don't want to be prisoners of the moment like we always talk about here on the show. You also don't want to be prisoners to AIDS and the Zika virus. Very true. It's very true. That being said, I'd like to think I would take all the proper vaccinations and I'd probably be in a bubble. They don't have one for the Zika virus, Greg, or HIV. <laughs> well, Magic Johnson does, and I would talk to him first. You cannot just start purating money. I would probably go over. Really? I would, I would probably, because... You know who we could talk to about this? Maybe he'll sneak us in his book, his bag. Is our guy Jason Fitz? Yeah, we could talk to him about it. The the band Perry, they're going to be down at the Olympics the whole time because their song is the official song for the Olympics. How cool would that be? It's very cool, actually. How cool would that be? That would be a lot of fun. I'd probably go. How about you? I don't know, man. I don't like shaking people's hands because I worry about what's on their hands. Senior would now. Let, let, maybe we should say. Would you go if you were single as opposed to having a family and you were married? And That means I'm more inclined to get AIDS or the Zika virus. <laughs> what are you doing to me? <laughs> You're going to be enjoying the nightlife a little bit? Why are you trying to kill me? I, look, you and I have been around enough people where we've heard the stories about Olympic Village. It's I'm like a giant orgy. They're just handing out condoms left and right. Like, Please don't have international babies. We already have enough problems with what are they called squatter babies in the united states squatter babies <laughs> babies who just come here and squat <laughs> anchor babies anchor babies yeah you guys know what i'm talking about um by the way if antonio cromartie went to one of those villages and they were handing out condoms what would he say <laughs> no thank you <laughs> No, thank you. I saw that he got offended that people make fun he of him how many of his kids he has. What a moron. You couldn't remember them when they asked you three or four years ago. What a moron. Oh, by the way, God. you got to see the family real quick, and I, I must mention this. If you're still searching for a Father's Day present, we have a deal for you. Yes. Go to omahasteaks.com. In the search bar, use our code RLS for Rody Linelli Show. It will, ha- it will pop up a screen full of great deals for you including this one that i think you should all take advantage of 250 dollars worth of meats and goodies greg wow we're talking sirloin we're talking filet mignon we're talking chicken fried steaks hamburgers hot dogs desserts the whole deal 250 dollars worth of this stuff for 49.99 for a limited time only use our code great father's day gift i think everybody should hop on it i'm already i'm already doing it for my father-in-law I'm going to do it for my own father, and I'm going to do it for some just other people who I like. I'm going to do it to stock my freezer. Well, you should. Because That's I, a great deal. I enjoy. Well, you love meats. It's so good. Yeah. You love meat. You, like, you so like a good hamburger. You like a good wiener. And you know what's also good? They send you their little seasoning packet. I've already, I've already gotten one of my packages in. They send you the seasoning packet. It's so good. 
I mean, you're you know what? When you get those roady eyes, the the intensity, that's when you know something's good. <laughs> and roady's eyes just lit up right there. That's what I know. But don't miss out on this offer. Great, great offer from Omaha Steaks. Check them out. Go to their website. Use our code RLS, and they give you a 100% guarantee of their quality, or they will replace it. Coming up next, Sean Rourke. NHL.com, caught up with Greg, talking a little Stanley Cup Finals, playoffs, lightning, sharks, penguins, talking about all of this. Coming up next, you're listening to the Rodi Lanelli Show. Hey guys, it's Rodi from the Rodi Lanelli Show. Father's Day is coming up. Fasha! His what? His Ferger? It's Ferger. His Fasha! You know what I would love from my kids? Heck, any dad would love it. An order from Omaha Steaks. That's right. A limited time offer. You can get a package with a $250 value for only $49.99. All you have to do, go to the website, place your order, use our promo code RLS. That's RLS for Rodi and Lanelli Show. Use our code $250 worth of great premium meats for only $49.99. I'm talking sirloin. I'm talking ribeye. I'm talking hamburgers, chicken. It's all there. Oh, yeah. Go there now. And best of all, Omaha Steaks, they deliver quality. A 100% promise that you're satisfied. If not, they'll replace it. So don't wait. Go now. Go and place your order now so you can be just as happy as I am this Father's Day or make your father just as happy as I am. Debating sports is a part of everyday life for millions and millions of sports fans all over, not just the United States, but the world. Greg and I talk and debate sports every day on our talk shows, but it doesn't just end there. Greg, tell them where we can continue our conversation. Well, Rody, it's the Fandings app. It's available in the App Store for your iPhone right now. The topics you hear us discuss and debate on our show daily are up for debate on the Fandings app for you to not just debate with one another, but also with us. Who was the best running back to walk away from the NFL early? And you say Jim Brown, but your friend says Barry Sanders. Come over to the Fandings app. Not only is it the perfect forum with no restrictions on the length of your response, but people will view and judge your debate as it's happening. So you want to bring your A-game and facts if you want to convince the judges that your answer is the right one. That's all I have to say about that. Plus, the more you play, judge, and win, the more you work your way up the ranks. Check out your very own fan card that you can personalize with your own bio and picture. Reach new levels with every victory, and you can earn cool prizes along the way. So download the Fannings app to your iPhone for free right now and start debating right away. You don't want to miss out on all this fun. This is Chris Dingman. You're listening to Rody and Vanelli on Fanding. Rody and Lanelli show rolling along. Greg Lanelli with you and joining us right now. He covers the National Hockey League for NHL.com. Let's welcome to the program 
Sean Rourke. Interesting series between Pittsburgh and San Jose, and I guess after the first game, pretty much what you expected. Pittsburgh with a lot of speed, a lot of skill. San Jose, once they got their legs underneath them, they were grinding it out, had a really good second period, and then... You know, you get the game-winning goal by Nick Benino, who's been fantastic these playoffs. That was a pretty good first game, wasn't it? It was a fantastic first game, and I, I know there's probably some playoff hockey hangover in Tampa Bay after the disappointment of not winning Game 7, but if uh, people down there can rouse themselves out of their depression, it's going to be a hell of a series to watch. They're fantastic hockey skill on both ends, superstars. There was no better player on ice last night than Sidney Crosby. He only had one assist, but he was flying and dominating the whole game. Um you know, and you're right, it's two teams that play very different, um, trying to impose their style on each other, and I think it changed four or five times in that game. The Penguins dominated the first period, the Sharks dominated the second period, and then had a little bit of the third period, and then the Penguins closed with a big finishing push that ended with the Benino goal. I actually thought we were going to overtime and was trying to figure out who was going to have the next push. So um, really, really compelling theater last night at Console Energy Center. Sean, for so long, Pittsburgh has been made up of stars, but we've seen the role players really start to pick things up. But in this series, is it as simple as if Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and Chris Letang play well and play better than San Jose stars, they should win this series? No, I don't think it's that simple, mainly because of San Jose and the fact that they're so deep on their blue line. You know, they go five, maybe six, um, which is deeper than I think any team Pittsburgh's played and they're able to handle a lot of the matchups that Pittsburgh wants to throw at them. So I think on both sides of the coin here, it's going to be it's going to be support players. You know, you saw that last night. Uh, none of the big guys had any goals. I mean, Tang should have gotten credit for the Benino goal for all the work he did on it. Um, but it was Benino, and it was two rookies. It was it was Rust, and it was Sheary, Connor Sheary. So um, you know, I, I think it's much more than their superstars. I think their superstars are going to negate San Jose's superstars and vice versa, so I think it's going to be the depth guys on both sides that are going to decide this series. Yeah, you know, in that third line for the Pittsburgh Penguins, such a big story these playoffs, and really second half of the regular season. What do you make of it, Sean, just covering it? You have Phil Kessel, who in some ways is a star, but then you have guys like Nick Benito and Carl Hagelin. It just seems like they are fitting well together, and boy, you know, you talk about momentum game to game. I'm not sure people believe in that, but there is momentum within the game, and it seems like those three always have momentum game in and game out. Well, I think they're a perfect trio. Um, you know, when you look at the way the way that they're put together, I mean, Phil is just, he's a pure goal scorer. Um, you know, he's always in the right position to score goals. Uh, you know, Nick, Nick's got a big, heavy stick. He's always on pucks. He's digging pucks out and feeding them. And, and then, you know, Hagelin is just so fast. I mean, to watch him in person, and, and you guys got the opportunity to do that last round, you know, unbelievable speed. And, and to me, one of the lasting memories of game one is Hagelin gets sprung, I think it was in the second period on a breakaway, and Brent Burns actually chased him down and picked the puck right off his stick. Um, you know, uh, when you look at games, there's huge moments, and, and the Benino goal was a huge moment, and the Marlowe goal was a huge moment, but there's so many little moments, too, and to me, that was one of the little ones that stuck out, because it was it was basically skill on skill, and nobody in the building, including Carl Hagelin, I think, thought that Brent Burns could catch him. Sean Rourke from NHL.com joins us here on the Roadie Linelli Show. We talk about, you know, big moments in a game, and certainly Brian Russ being uh, knocked out by Patrick Marlowe was a point of conversation after the game. He will not be disciplined. Marlowe, we are talking about. Uh, did the NHL get it right? It, it seems like we've seen some headshots in the NHL in the playoffs where guys have been suspended, but in this case, he wasn't. Did they get it wrong? No, I don't think so because there there's a couple of mitigating factors here. 
you know, I, I think it merited a penalty on the ice, which it got. And then, but, you know, I thought it was more contact back um, and not shoulder or, or elbow. I don't think that the head was the principal point of target. I think, you know, he was coming across and he was trying to make a play at the blue line. And uh, Rust was, was leaning forward a little bit. And, you know, these are all things that the Department of Player Safety explained actually on their Twitter feed. I mean, they've been very transparent about the decisions they make and why they make them. Um, you know, I, I thought that was a pretty accurate interpretation of at least what I saw happen, you know, in real time and then looking at the replays. So what do you expect from San Jose in game two? Obviously, they got to their game in the second period, really grinded some things down. They got a power play goal, one for two, which we know they've been very good in the playoffs and in the regular season. Do you expect them to counter Pittsburgh speed or deal with Pittsburgh speed a little bit better in game two? Or is that just something they're going to have to deal with game in and game out, that that's a difficult matchup? I think they're going to deal with it a little better. Look, there's only one player on this team the San Jose team that's ever played in the Stanley Cup final before. This is completely uncharted territory for them. And the one player is Dana Zubris, who's played in a couple of finals, um, but, uh, you know, not one of their primary guys. He's a, he's a deaf guy, and I'm sure he's helped a little bit. But even their leadership core is going through this for the first time, you know, and there's a lot that goes into this that's away from the rink. The media demands, the, the extended series, you know, the series is going to go so long um, with all the days off between it. You know, and and San Jose got in here, I think, on Saturday. So they were here for a couple of days before they even played. And, you know, so there's a lot that goes into it. And I think there were a lot of nerves. You know, Pete tried to, Pete DeBoer tried to pass that off, that that wasn't the case. But, you know, some of the players were like, hey, this is all new for us. And, you know, I, I think it was probably, I've covered the Sharks throughout these playoffs. Nashville was a loud building. Um, but I, I think this is probably the most hostile atmosphere they've ever played in. Um, and, and I think, you know, it's all a learning experience, but the one thing I do know from covering them for so long this spring is that they will make adjustments and, and they're built to impose their will in a long series. It may not happen in game one. It may not, it didn't in St. Louis in the Western Conference final, you know, and, and then Nashville went back and forth to home game wins the whole way. Um, you know, they're just they're built to impose their will over a long series with, with their physicality and, and their puck pursuit. Sean Rourke from NHL.com joins us here on the Rodi Lanelli Show. Sean, you mentioned Sidney Crosby earlier, and certainly he's had a very good playoff run so far this year for Pittsburgh. Was that as good as you've seen Sidney Crosby over the last couple of years? It seemed like he had another gear that San Jose just couldn't match last night. Yeah, no, he was great last night. There is no doubt about it. I mean, you couldn't take your eyes off of him. You know, he's flying on every shift. Um, you know, he hasn't had the numbers that he's had in the past in the playoffs. And, you know, some people have criticized for him for that. You know, he didn't have huge numbers against Tampa Bay. But I thought he was a, I thought he was a huge part of that series win. He's going to be a huge part of whatever they do. It's unbelievable how much this team feeds off of him. You know, he's grown into a real, you know, into a legitimate captain. And, and, and he's filled that role. You know, it was interesting. The Penguins have already practiced today. It was a full optional because yesterday was last night. Obviously, was a hard game, and the Sharks are practicing now, and they're having an optional. But but Crosby was the first player out on the ice for for um, the Penguins at their practice facility. So you know, I, I just think that he he's the catalyst that makes them go. And, and to see him flying like he was last night, I think put a jolt into every Penguin on the ice. Sean, before we let you go, obviously there's a lot of discussion here in Tampa Bay about what this offseason could look like for this team with Steven Stamkos, with Victor Hedman, possibly Ben Bishop being dealt because Andre Vasilevsky was really good and Ben Bishop's contract is going to be 
something they're going to have to deal with. When you look at this organization, are they in a position to be really good for the next four or five years, assuming that Steve Eisman makes the right moves, specifically making trades or signing the right guys to long-term deals? How do you make of this uh, offseason for Tampa Bay? Yeah, no, I, I think they're a team that can be a legitimate power for a long time. You know, it's very hard, and you look at the NHL now, and it's very hard to do that. There's some teams that have done it, Chicago's done it, the Kings have done it. Even the San Jose team's done it to a degree without ever winning the, the, the big prize. You know, I look at Tampa Bay, and I kind of see the same kind of team. And, and part of being good for a long time is making the right decisions and making the right calls. And letting some players go that, you know, maybe the fans and the media are like, how could they let that guy go? He's so important. But I think when you look long-term with salary cap and, you know, you look at the health of your organization and who's coming and when they're coming and when their contracts are up, you know, that you have to make some very difficult decisions. And I, I think Tampa Bay will be in the spotlight this whole summer. It's such an intriguing uh, set of decisions that Steve has to make. But you look at his track record, and he's been spot on for most of them. So, you know, you, you, you kind of wonder how it plays out. But if you were handicapping organizations, I think Tampa Bay would be among the top ones that you would think would get it right. So, um, um, you know, after, after a couple of weeks of decompressing after the awards and the draft, I think it'll be fun to spend the rest of the summer kind of focusing on uh, on what Tampa Bay is going to do. And then, look, you know, Gary Bettman spoke yesterday and he spoke about expansion and that, you know, there would be some kind of a timeline and a decision uh, probably revealed at awards in Las Vegas. And if that comes, there's going to be an expansion draft and, and players are going to have to be exposed. And that adds a whole new wrinkle into this. You know, the, the Penguins are looking at the same thing, especially a goaltender with Matt Murray and, and Marc-Andre Fleury and, the money involved there and the loyalty and, and what guys have done for them. It's huge decisions that these GMs are going to have to make. So it'll be a pretty good soap opera, I think. Were you surprised Stamkos played in Game 7? No. No, our hockey players want to play. Yeah. You know, it reminded me a lot of Eric Lindros way back in the day. I'll date myself now, you know, when they played the Devils. He, he actually played in Game 6 in the Eastern Conference Final. Wasn't very good. The Flyers were up 3-2. to two. And then in Game 7, Scott Stevens got him coming across the middle, and that pretty much ended that series. Um, that was in Philly, but, you know, if he played in that game and, and some of the other guys that you've seen play, I mean, hockey players want to play, and they want to have that moment, and they want to have that legacy if, they, if they're lucky enough to craft it. And, and I think it would have taken, you know, a direct doctor's order to say, no, you cannot go out there. You know, we would be, we would be on the hook if that happened for, for Steven not to play. I mean, it's in his DNA. It's in all these guys' DNA to do that. Well, Sean, we always appreciate you coming on the show. Great job covering the uh, Stanley Cup Final and really the playoffs throughout. We enjoy reading your work. He's the director of editorial for NHL.com. Sean Work here on the Rody and Linelli Show. Hey, thanks for having me. And like I said, get over the depression in Tampa Bay and watch your series. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> All right, Sean. We, uh, we'll try to do that here in Tampa Bay. Thanks again for coming on. That is Sean Rourke from NHL.com. He's the director of editorial there and does a great job uh, covering the NHL. And you know, the, the series right now, uh, the Sharks and the Penguins, I find pretty interesting because Pittsburgh, at least since Mike Sullivan has been their head coach, I think they've been able to impose their will more so than any other team in the National Hockey League, and I think that's evident by the fact they've beaten some really good teams in the playoffs, and here they are in the Stanley Cup Final. I'm not sure how it's going to play, although did you hear that stat? Did you read that stat? The team that wins the first game of a Stanley Cup final series wins 78% of the time. Goes on to win the series 78% of the time. Now, 
that could change. I think San Jose found their game in the second period. I thought they were better in the third, too, but Pittsburgh's speed, it, it kind of neutralizes what you're able to do. And Martin Jones was fantastic, but I felt like we saw that in the Tampa Bay series. I mean, Andre Vasilevsky was brilliant. And even though, as I said, Pittsburgh ended up only beating Tampa Bay by a couple of goals, when you take a look at the seven-game series as a whole, I think there is something to be said for a team dominating in the shot category and in the scoring chance department, keeping that other team bottled in where you can't counterattack so often. And you heard Eric Erlinson earlier in the program today, and he talked about the ice being tilted, but he said, I really wasn't surprised because, you know, Greg, you talked about Tampa Bay trying to be opportunistic, but it's hard to be opportunistic when you don't have the puck. And look, I think Tampa Bay is as talented a team scoring-wise that we have in the National Hockey League. Certainly, um, they are right there with San Jose. But I think there's something to be said for a team. It's almost like time of possession in football that constantly wears you down and forces you to play defense, even though they don't score on all of those chances. And the goaltender in every series almost had to play out of his mind to keep it a one- or two-goal game. It still takes a lot of work, and it still prevents you from getting to your game offensively. So while San Jose only lost 3-2, to two, you really got the sense that Pittsburgh dominated that game for the most part. Again, outside of that second period where San Jose got to their game. And I know that's going to be talked about in San Jose. What are they going to be able to do in Game 2? I think Pittsburgh's speed shocked them. And I think there's something to be said for that. I also think that if Sidney Crosby plays the way he did in Game 1, I like Pittsburgh's chances a great deal to win their second Stanley Cup with Sidney Crosby on the team. I, I just thought he was fantastic. I thought he was head and shoulders better than everybody else on the ice. He created a ton of scoring chances. And now the question you have for San Jose is, who do I match up with the Crosby line? Who do I match up with the Malkin line? And who do I match up with the Benino line? Because while San Jose is very deep defensively, there is a drop-off when you start talking about their first, second, and third-pairing defensemen. And again, we see role players score for Pittsburgh. Nick Benino, who has been fantastic in these playoffs, and I believe he's 10th in the playoffs in scoring, continues to make big plays when called upon. And that play, his game-winning goal, was started by Chris Letang pinching, coming into San Jose's offensive zone, uh, Brent Burns dropping his stick, and Letang made a play. Got the puck over Paul Martin, and Nick Benino was able to get just enough past Martin Jones. I mean, a lot of people feel this series will go seven games, and I think when you feel like teams are pretty evenly matched, that's the route you go. But Pittsburgh hasn't really looked terrible in these playoffs, and I think a lot of that has to do with the speed they have as a team. Speed doesn't go into slumps. It really doesn't. And that injection of youth that they got from Wilkes-Barre-Scranton this year, I think, is playing dividends. Now, I will say this. I do think Patrick Marlowe should have been suspended. Um, and we can talk about hits to the head. The bottom line is you're trying to get hits to the head out of the league. And the problem the National Hockey League runs into, the inconsistencies. And whether they give an explanation that, that satisfies you or not, the bottom line is if you hit a guy in the head, 
you should be suspended. And we have seen that so far this year in the playoffs. I mean, Chris Letang was suspended. Brooks Orpik was suspended. Those are just two examples. And so um, I think Patrick Marlowe knew what he was doing. This is a veteran who has played in a lot of games, and he got a penalty for it. And so I think if you're Pittsburgh, you lose Brian Rust, who scored the first goal of the game in game one. That's a big blow because not only does he have speed, he was starting to chip in offensively. And so that's a big loss. We'll see how that plays out. Certainly they have him listed as day-to-day, but really what does day-to-day mean when it comes to the playoffs and injuries? So it was interesting to see game one in that chess match. Uh, I, again, I, I thing that stood out to me was Sidney Crosby was fantastic. Um, San Jose got great goaltending. They converted on a power play opportunity. They were one for two, and I think that's one thing they can take advantage of in this series against Pittsburgh. I mean, Pittsburgh also, too, when you take a look at their special teams, their power play has been very inconsistent. They were 0-3 for 3 last night, and they let San Jose hang around. You get a goal on a power play, you now can distance yourself a little bit in that game. But San Jose has such a lethal power play, and it's funny, it was their second power play unit that got the goal uh, in that game. But look for them to really capitalize on those opportunities against Pittsburgh. And um, I, I do think this series has the the opportunity or the ability to go seven games. But based off of last night, it felt like Pittsburgh landed a couple of big-time hits. San Jose countered a little bit, but Pittsburgh was just a little bit better in the end. We'll see how that plays out in Game 2. That'll be Wednesday night. So we want to thank Sean Rourke from NHL.com. Always appreciate him breaking it down here on the Rody and Linelli Show. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up here on the Rody and Linelli Show. Some more great sports talk for you up next also too don't forget download the fanning sports debate app to your iphone we've got close to a hundred questions right now for you to debate in several categories we've got an nhl playoff category an nba playoff category obviously the nfl major league baseball we have the best of the rest we also have the roadie and Linelli category it's very popular you should try it out because roadie and i are always debating against you and with you on the Fanning Sports Debate app. Back after this on the Rody and Linelli Show. I'm Eddie and Rody and on the Fanning. It was a good one. We had fantastic long weekend. I did a little cookout. While I was doing my cookout, by the way, I must, I must mention this. Omaha Steaks, if you get a chance, check out Omaha Steaks. While you're there, enter my code RLS into the search bar. You have to enter it into the search bar. They have this special. We had a cookout yesterday, hamburgers, hot dogs, some sirloin, and even a little bit of um, filet mignon. Filet mignon. Filet mignon. That's, filet that's, mignon. that's RLS, Restless Leg Syndrome? RLS, Rody Linelli Show. Okay. RLS, use that code. For a limited time, this package, we cooked out for Memorial Day. $49.99. You get all this great stuff. They even threw in a dessert. It was like an apple dessert, some potato wedges. Fantastic. Normally a $250 value. $49.99. I'm hooking you up. Use my code. But that's what we did yesterday. That's what we did yesterday, Tripod. We cooked out and we did a little swimming. Oh, yeah. Ha- had some fun. So make sure you check out Omaha Steaks. And uh, take advantage of that because 
At, at 20% of the price, you can't go wrong. And it was delicious. Hey, it's me, the fabulous sports babe, and it's Rody and Anelli. Listen to him right here. You're going to love him, I promise you. Welcome back, Rody Linelli Show. Good stuff. Your buddy Sean there, Greg. You know, it's a um it's an interesting series right now with Pittsburgh and San Jose because you're talking about a team in Pittsburgh that just has unbelievable speed, and then you have a team like San Jose, Rody, you hear this term all the time in hockey, they're heavy. They like to um, grind it out a little bit, so it's contrasting styles with Pittsburgh. Um they're on a mission right now, and Sidney Crosby looked really, really good as you heard um, Sean talk about his performance in game one, if he continues that play throughout the series, I like Pittsburgh. I I don't know. What I liked about watching game one is just it was fun. It went back and forth. The Penguins got up 2-0. The Sharks battled back. And then what I love about the Stanley Cup finals and the NHL playoffs in particular is that mad dash for the last two minutes of the game where the goalies pulled when it's a one-goal game. And uh, Pittsburgh took a penalty. Yeah. So six on four. Right. Well, yeah, for everything but what, like the last seven seconds of the game. Amazing. It was, it was fantastic. I loved it. Somebody who uh, wished he was there. Uh, we, I have to mention this story because... Yeah, go ahead. Social media gets the best of everybody. It does. Um, Ted Leone's us. You know who this is? Oh, yes, we do. Washington Capitals, baby. Yeah, I, I stumbled across this story. And um, <laughs> Ted Leon just took to Twitter and replied to Greg Wyshynski, who has something to do with SeatGeek. Yeah. And he was doing his promo thing. You know, you'll see us do it with Omaha Steaks and things like that. And Ted Leon just took to Twitter to just... Bashman say, I think someone will buy Yahoo Sports in this way very soon. <laughs> Greg Wyshynski, who's obviously affiliated with Yahoo Sports, said, I'd respond, but I'm covering the conference finals. Ever seen them? Pretty exciting. Ha! For those, I mean, Washington has just been a disappointment after disappointment in the playoffs. Yeah, they've not made it to a conference finals. Oh. I mean, especially with Alex Ovechkin. I mean, with Ovechkin, I remember when my man Oli the goalie, right, Olaf Kolzig, when they were for whatever reason wearing teal, black, and gold as their colors. Teams, I feel like teams, every team has kind of tried that throughout their their time. Like, like two or three year where their jersey just doesn't resemble what it right. is. Like, why? Like, just remember the Cleveland Cavaliers when they had. Like it was like a baby blue. I love those jerseys. Let's, uh, let's leave the black and the baby blue alone. Just back when they had the late '80s. The, well, I I love the orange and blue. Yeah. I love the orange and blue. The wine and gold is growing on me as we get away. As they wear the white and red jerseys less and less. I like the yellow jersey. Yeah. The blue jersey. I don't like any. Of course you don't. You like black and gold. For whatever reason, Pittsburgh is the one city that keeps their colors synonymous through their 
All three sports teams. Isn't that interesting? All their sports teams. It's really a f- phenomenal when you think about it. It is. Is there, is there another one? I think it's brilliant. It is brilliant. That's how it should be. Love each other. Even though the Pirates are the redheaded stepchild, nobody really loves them. They're just there. They love them, but it's just... No, they don't. They're just there. there were, well, there was a lot of tradition in the 70s. Every now and again, they get good grades, and that was the 70s. Well, they were the dominant team in the 70s. The Steelers and Penguins. That's yeah. why Pitt football sucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah they don't wear color. black and gold. They <laughs> play at Heinz Field where everything is decked out in black and gold, and Pitt's like, we're going to be Navy and off gold. Gold. Like, bronze. Forms now, like, they don't even resemble... The early 80s, the late 70s. Like, you're, you're like going all navy blue. Right. It's like, huh? I just don't like a football team that spells like a word on their helmet either. So to put pit <laughs> on there, it's just like, what? I, look, I don't, I don't mind that. You know, like, Ohio State's new uniforms. Like, you know, go back to just what you had. Yeah, some teams should. Look, I didn't mind the black look for a game, but some, some should stick to just tradition. Ohio State. Michigan, Texas, Penn State, Penn State. You should stick to to what Notre Dame. They've kind of two should stick to. They've they've kind of tried to to get out there and they experiment got, with. They got a little oh. weird a few yeah. a few years. Trying to accentuate the leprechaun. Right. You know who else has a leprechaun? The Browns. I'd love to see the Notre Dame leprechaun fight the Browns leprechaun. What? Elfie. You said leprechaun. Yeah. The Browns have Elfie. Little guy, you know. Yeah. Around. There was a guy in Vegas pouring shots in people's mouth. Really? Yeah. He was you, a leprechaun. He was the t- cock of the you, walk. He was. He knew he was a celebrity. Oh yeah, he ran the place. He was on all the TV commercials in the hotel. How how tall was he? Tripod. Oh, he is maybe three foot. Three two. See, when you're three two, you can get away with that. Right. <laughs> you're like a character. You know, he's actually successful. Unlike the look, full disclosure, the Rodian Linelli show enhanced by the Fading Sports Debate app brought to you from our luxurious studios here in Tampa, Florida. Uh, we have a commercial that is playing here. I don't know if Tripod's found it yet, but my gosh, I want to beat this thing up. I want to hit my radio with a baseball bat every time I hear it. What is it? Let me tell you about the offers going on now, Caroline. It's huge, Tampa. Huge. Huge. It's terrible. That hurt. It's terrible. That's a commercial? Yeah, you've not heard it? No. Well, you listen to a lot of Sirius, though. I do. So on the terrestrial radio dial. God, are you old? Look. <laughs> on the dial, on the stick. On the dial. It's literally every single. And it's not just like the iHeartRadio cluster. It's every single radio station, every single stop set. This guy's got to be paying millions. In advertising. And it's been for like the last three months. And he ends every commercial with, It's huge, Tampa, huge. Did you hear the song? All of them. Is it an iHeart station? All of them. It, no, that's what I mean. It's not just the iHeart cluster. It is on those. But it's also on like Cox. I was going to say, he could be spending millions of dollars and it still wouldn't get iHeart out of debt. No. Nope. So they're, they're, they're probably like, hey, give me as many as you can, please. And the taxes on that is only like, there's only there's only one person I know that can spend like iHeart spends and goes through money, and he resides in the White House. Mm. Ha! There. Gosh. I wish I could. 
I wish I wish I could when the bill people call me be like, sorry, not this month. I can put something on it though. Well, it, it's funny because you know people like they'll break it down and they'll they'll look at our our national debt and they're kind of like just just slash off like eight zeros, <laughs> slash off like six zeros and say this is pertain it to your everyday household. Like if you had nineteen thousand dollars in debt, would you continue to use your credit card? <laughs> If you couldn't pay it off, right. well, here's the thing, like, though. Yeah, it's, I would. It's it's twenty years. They, nobody's got to make a payment until twenty years in a lot of this stuff. So it's like you having a credit card, but your kids are the ones who have to pay for it. <laughs> well, we will. We will be doing that. Oh man, because we're the kids. We are the kids. Thank you. Thank you, Jimmy Carter. <laughs> well, you're just taking shots left and right here. Well, what do you want me to say? He was a good man. I think Bernie Sanders is a fine guy, but economically, I think he's a freaking moron. He is. So you play ball like a girl. I, I, I do that. Call a spade a spade here. You know, do you want me to lie to the people? I I Say, don't look spending what you don't have is a good idea. I'm it's, here for you, Vegas. Think about Bernie Sanders, though. He's having the time of his life. He's having this grassroots campaign where people are donating. Like thirty to forty dollars, he he's he's raising millions of dollars. He has no chance of winning, but he's yeah. staying in it. He's, he's being relevant. He spent over two hundred million dollars. I dare any of you, Vegas. I, I'm issuing you. This is the roadie challenge. Okay, this is the roadie challenge. Oh I dare any of you, and you can hit us up on Twitter at Richard Roadwald, at Greg Linelli, at Fannings. If you could take a video of this, that would be beautiful. You can email it to us. My my email is on my Twitter account. Walk up to a casino several times in a day, get this on film, sit down at the blackjack table and say, I don't have to pay, just give me chips. And see how that works for you. Because that's essentially what you do when you keep spending money you don't have. Somebody at the casino is going to kick your ass. Walk into, walk into one of the fine buffets and establishments Oof. and say, no, I'm just here to eat. Eating I'll pay for that right. now. I'll pay for it 20 years from now. I've got an IOU. It's as good as money. It's like a dumb and dumber. Right. <laughs> they spend all that money. They got a bunch of IOUs here. That's as good as money, sir. That's an IOU. Oh, I love it. Good stuff today. Thanks to Sean Rourke for, for catching up with you. We, we had some fun, and this is what we're going to do going forward, guys. It's summertime, so we're going to have fun. We're going to be all over the place. We're going to have good times. We are. We're going to have good times. Mix some sports in there. We got a lot still to catch up this week with the Stanley Cup Finals, the NBA Finals, which prediction time will come Thursday morning. We, we laid off of that for a reason. We'll get more into breaking that down as the week progresses. We did not forget. I can't wait. You're excited. Got to get a hold of my man Trey Essex to make sure he's clearing space on the calendar to go to Cleveland with me for the victory parade. Oh, look at you calling your shot already. Don't but make for Golden State because of that arrogance. But it's here. Come on. It's time. It's time. Jeez. For for us, the Rodeo Lanelli Show, download the Fanning Sports Debate app. Use the promo code RLVegas. Tell all your friends or tripod will kick you in the neck. Enjoy your day. Have a buffet. It's the Rodeo Lanelli Show. What are you going to do? Maybe we should put on the dirty movie. I like the ones with a story. What? I like the ones with a white girl. You're listening to Rody and Linelli with Richard Rodewalt. You can grab a big old handful so full of something you don't want to do. Mmm, it's so And Greg Linelli. Who wants it? Because I'm kicking your ass. 
I'm kicking your ass, and I'm definitely kicking your ass with a mustache. Give me a hell yeah! Mess you up! That's not going to be good for business. That's not going to be good for anybody.